This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Laguna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show after Arsenal have won yet another game. This is this is nice. I like this. Arsenal winning 4-1 away at Leeds. It's nice talking about victories, isn't it? If you join me for our 8am show, typically the Arsenal transfer show, but the days after games do tend to be more focused around the fixture because I wasn't around last uh, yesterday evening to talk about the game in more detail after the match. I'm here this morning to talk through it with you guys in the chat box. So please do drop a like on the video. And we are very, very close to hitting 28,000 subscribers. If you could hit a subscription, if you've not already done so, then please do hit that subscription button. And we will be very thankful that you're helping us reach that next step on our journey. And not only that, but we're very close to 20,000 followers on Twitter as well. You can follow myself at Tom Kenton Media, but you can follow the Guna Talk account at the Guna Talk TV on Twitter. It's uh, it's nice that as Arsenal are doing well, things are progressing here as well. It does go to kind of show, doesn't it, when things are looking up, that things here are looking up. And I think those two correlating is a, is a very positive thing. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing well. We've got Kaiser, we've got Paul, Matt G, David Blashik joins us too. Stevie, we've got Matt Sue, uh, Kian Manoush, we've got uh, Rich Axel. Uh, we've got, uh, who else have we got? Terry, Niall, uh, we've got Steve, we've got Social, Christopher, Napafire, uh, we've got Femi, uh, we've got Daz. I love Daz. Daz, I mean, Daz just reminds me of that old, was it a, is it a washing detergent make? <laughs> the old adverts I remember used to go around in the UK. If you're very young, you'll have a clue what I'm on about. But uh, that's what Daz reminds me of. <laughs> Neil, Social, John, uh, Rancid, Pumpkin in the chat box as well. Thank you so much. There's so many more of you. Apologies, I can't read through all of your names, but keep throwing in your comments, and I am sure uh, that we will be going through plenty of your thoughts and feelings. Uh, just to, to kind of give you my feelings and where I'm at on my short monologue of, of, of the game, the caveat is always going to be, and I think the caveat for a lot of kind of the haters is that it was a very weakened lead side, which it was. They still had a lot of their first-team players playing and available and uh, they still offered threat certainly on the counter and uh, we we allowed them arguably a couple of too many chances maybe considering the situation of the game 
what I would say is, is that there are games like that that Chelsea have played against a very weakened Everton side and been unable at home to break down and win their fixture. Whereas Arsenal were excellent. They were dominant. They were really incisive. They played some really high-quality attacking football. Football that could have broken down any side at full strength at times. It was brilliant to see the quality of passing, the movement, the style that's now growing under Arteta as well. That's always been the biggest thing, hasn't it? It's been about how Arsenal have played their games and whether or not you can actually see the style, the ideas, something that you can get on board with. And during that 10-game unbeaten run that we had, there were big questions around the games against Norwich, Newcastle, Watford, Burnley. Uh, and these games, I think Brighton is also another in Crystal Palace too. And despite we, the fact we didn't lose any of those games, it was really difficult to see an established style. It was difficult to see where we were trying to go with what we were doing. And whilst we weren't creating too many high-quality chances, we were solid defensively and we weren't really losing games. Whereas the games against Manchester United and Everton it caused our defence to come a bit unstuck and our ideas in the final third were quite lacking at times. So now that we've played against Southampton, we've beaten West Ham and now won away at Leeds, those games in particular have showed us that this team is capable of producing some really high-quality football. And I think that the introduction of players like Gabriel Martinelli, the removal of Pierre-Rick Aubameyang and putting Alexandre Lacazette into the team and the, what he brings to the team is, is also helping a lot. Ironically, people talk and want to, you know, a lot of the time there's a lot of criticism of Granit Xhaka, but his return to the team has coincided with a lot more control of the ball from midfield, which I think maybe will go under the radar and people won't want to really give Granit Xhaka the credit. And trust me, I want to see us upgrade on Granit Xhaka. I would love to see us bring in a better player than Granit Xhaka, but he has kind of added that element of control to the midfield. And then we just talk about Martin Erdegaard, who is just a a brilliant footballer who I still find I still find people wanting to discredit him because it's look it's difficult to be wrong we understand this and it's difficult to hold your hands up and say about a player that you thought wasn't very good or that you weren't particularly enjoying playing but when they're you know turning around their form when they're becoming a lot better and they're showing you why they deserve to be in the side it's very hard to throw your hands up and say okay look fair enough he's proven me wrong and so that's why I think you still um, very much enjoy the fact uh, from our side of things when, you know, you're proven right. But from the other side, it's obviously a very difficult thing to hold your hands up and say, you know what, I got this wrong about Martin Erdegaard and he is a very, very good player. I hope that we're starting to see more from Thomas Partey. I hope that we're starting to see a lot more uh, of him and what he's capable of. Again, it wasn't outstanding and you want him to be, but it wasn't a bad game from him, to be honest. Um, I did say Martinelli can't. I didn't. I didn't say Martinelli can't play as a striker, Nicholas. I said that I think that I'd rather see him play in a wider position, and I still do. Uh, I wanted him to be on the ball a lot more. I want him running in behind, like we saw several times yesterday. I want him seeing playing that wide forward position where he cuts in, gets that ball through from Lacazette or Erdogan, whoever it is, and he's through. And all of those goals that he scores has been from him playing off of that left-hand side. And I think, if anything, it goes to prove that point further that he needs to be playing on the left. He needs to be that supportive figure that's a wide... A difference between a winger and a wide forward is that a wide forward is certainly someone that gets into the box, that wants to drive towards goals, score goals. 
or as a winger, there's more creation about their game. There's more width to their game. Someone that stays in a wider position rather than getting into the box as much and likes to cross a bit more. Whereas the wide forwards, or your right or left forwards, prefer to be a little bit more attacking and direct with their runs. Let's jump to the chat box and see what you guys are saying. George Davis says, it's funny, I was against Erdegaard. Uh, I wanted Madison. I was wrong. I thought he wasn't playing well this season and he just wasn't for me. But now I'm actually in love. Uh, Axelrod says, uh, I love the look. Uh, look, I love Saka, but our forwards have to defend. Look at the penalty we gave away. Also, the grey goal versus us. Neither of Emil Smith, Rowe or Saka were defending it. It came through our right. We were five versus six or seven. No, look, there's always room for improvement in any team. And you want to see your wingers certainly get back and try and defend. But Saka is, as we have to remember, still a 20-year-old kid. He's not the finished article. And if we want to criticise his defensive game, I'm fine with that. Because if what he's producing in the offensive third of the pitch at 20 years of age is still brilliant, then I haven't got too much to say regarding as he gets older and maturer, he will improve the defensive side of his game. So I think that's a really important point to, to you know, hang on, because we forget how young he still is. Uh, oh, yeah, says, uh, Tom, do you think that Balogun should be tried with this current team still? And the answer is yes. I still do think he should be getting some minutes. I feel like he should be on the bench at least and be getting, uh, being brought on for Lacazette at certain points of the games. But in terms of starting, no, I would go back on that now and say that Lacazette's come into the team and really impressed. What I would say is that at the time, when we were really talking about Balogun playing in the first team, it was more because Aubameyang was being so poor and Lacazette was playing in that position kind of behind him or he just wasn't in the team whatsoever. That was the real push for, for Balogun because we were creating chances and they weren't being taken. Saying that, Lacazette, again, needs to be better with his, with his chance, um, with, his, with how clinical he is because he's missing some big chances. Right at the beginning of the game, fantastic pass played through to him. Can't take the shot. Another pass played through onto the left flank by Erdogan. I think Erdogan could have had two assists from Lacazette once again. Um, didn't take those opportunities. Really frustrating that he's not. And I think that does go to show that we need to be bringing in that striker as soon as possible. Whether that's in January, we'll have to wait and see. But it does show that we need some more clinical-minded finishing in the final third. Uh, King says, Tom, how do we put uh, Martin Erdogan, the Smith, Starboy Saka and Sexy Gabby in the team at the same time? King, you don't have to. Um, one of the benefits is that you can rotate players, is that you can take Erdogan out against Sunderland and bring in Smith-Rowe, and you can bring in other players. You can bring Nicolas Pepe in against Sunderland, and then when we go and play Norwich, you can rotate things again. We play against Man City on, on New Year's Day, should that go ahead. We'll have a different setup and a different team. It's not about fitting them all into the same team, as you see with Manchester City, with Phil Foden and Grealish and Mares and Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. It's not about fitting everyone in the team. It's about rotating and playing your best team at the right time. And to be honest, Smith Rowe, does he start? It's it's difficult to say you put him in either over, over either of Martinelli or Erdogan right now, but him coming off the bench and scoring goals is still good. And you're still giving him minutes on the field. I expect Smith Rowe to start the game against Sunderland because he's not been starting too many games of late. And that's fine. Like It's fine if you don't necessarily start Smith Rowe in these games because it means that you can bring him on it means that you can get him to fight more for that place. He's signed a new contract. He's not under any pressure to, to be given more minutes. He's fine. 
doing what he's doing. And I'm loving the fact that there's so much competition for places in the team. Henry Guna says, Erdogan is top class. Everyone that sits around me loves him. Like most people in the ground, they just get behind the team. Rich says, I think that with Laka most likely moving on in the summer, we definitely need to get a striker like him as a priority, but they need to be a bit more clinical. Laka does an amazing job, though. Steve Stone says, I was worried about Gabby not getting enough minutes and publicly called for him to go on loan in January. What do I... Hey, Steve, look, you weren't the only one. There were a lot of people suggesting that if Martinelli's not going to play, he needs to go out on loan because he wasn't playing. And I actually criticised Arteta, I think, fairly for not giving him more minutes from the bench. Because all we were seeing from Martinelli is like one minute here, five minutes there, another one minute cameo. You could have given him more time. I don't think that's a, a ridiculous criticism to have. What I would say is that I think Arteta, in terms of the timing of giving him that time to start, has been done, as you would see from what we're seeing on the pitch, pretty perfectly. I don't think you can criticise Arteta too much for the way that he's handled the amount of starts he's giving Martinelli because of the benefits that we're seeing right now. What I think is a fair criticism is the sub lack of kind of substitute appearances that we were seeing from Martinelli, especially in games where we needed a goal. That's where I would have been more uh, <laughs> would have been more critical of what was going on. Let's scroll down a little bit further. Uh, Nico, your thoughts on Tommy Asu's performance? I think I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say in the last 24 hours or so that he's probably the best signing of the summer for any team in any league for the amount of money that he cost and what he's given to that position for our team. And you can't really disagree with that, can you? He has been absolutely fantastic. He's just been by far arguably our best player since signing. Um, of all the players that we've signed and brought in, I know that Smith Rowe has been great this season. I think that Martinelli has been fantastic in this brief period. Saka, of course, has been good. Um, I love look what Lukonga's done. I think Gabriel's been brilliant. Ramsdale, of course, is 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 mercurial in the way he, he, he is between the sticks. But Tommy Asu, I genuinely think there is an argument to say consistently across the whole season has been our best player so far in all the games that he's played. You can't really fault too much. He had a bit of a tricky time against Brighton. Um, and I thought that maybe against United, he was a little bit that's probably the worst game he played was probably against United or the Brighton game, but the margins are fine because he's had such a consistent level of performance for so many games. And for 15 to 20 million quid, what a, what, what a signing. And fair play to the scouting department who you know chose to sign a player that's neither a right-back or a centre-back. Not really sure what he is. <laughs> so there you go. And says, do you think Xhaka is good enough leader for this team? For me, he makes a mistake or a rash decision in most games. He does. And look, there's a really strong argument to say that he could have been sent off in, in that game. I think what saved him was the placement of his foot. It wasn't on the player's shin. It was on his ankle, which tends to allow players to get away with things. But it could have been a red card. What I would say is if you're not sending off Gordon for his tackle uh, on Nuno Tavares at Everton, you can't send off Xhaka for that tackle. Um, it's about consistency. And if you're not going to send off a player in the game, uh, in the Everton game, then you're not going to send off Xhaka in this game. It would be ridiculous. And that's what it would have been compared to is the Gordon tackle on Nuno Tavares that wasn't punished whatsoever. So, yeah, he does get the ball, but... I think it's borderline. Um, and to be honest, if that happened to an Arsenal player, as it did with Nuno Tavares, then I would be calling for a red card. So I think there was an element of fortune there. But you would say that if we weren't given the decision against Everton, it's kind of now balanced out because of the decision 
that Granite Xhaka had uh, on Rafinha, I think it was. Olu says, Lacazette improved everyone. He plays like a deep-lying forward and it allows runners off of him. We need to bring in a striker in January. I really like the look of Isaac. He is quick, technical and strong. Social says, sounds like you're in a concert hall, Tom. Mike has gone funny. Oh, apologies. Uh, I hope that it's fine. I d- I, I'm using this one. So apologies if it's if it's not great. But uh, I can't do much at the moment until I sort a new mic out. So you're going to have to deal with this one. Um, Mo, is there any news on Tommy's muscular strain? There isn't anything specific that I can tell you beyond Arteta's press conference as far as we're aware he was taken off as a precaution and he'll go through a scan and then we'll find out. He's got a week off now. He's not going to play against Sunderland. He will be in recovery and hopefully he'll be available on Boxing Day. That's what we've got to hope for. But uh, but yeah, hopefully he can have a week off and he'll be fine. It, it, it looked like it was precautionary. I wouldn't expect it. What I would say is that Cedric's performance when he came on is a concern. And that if we do lose Tommy Asu, there's a real worry that we've got a player that is going to cost us. I'd be selling Cedric in January. I'd be looking to move on Callum Chambers. I'd be bringing in a right back in January, if it's possible. Because if we lose Tommy Asu, we're in trouble. Uh, and that's a real, real concern for us, that we could be in real trouble if Tommy Asu gets injured. And he has missed games at Bologna. That is a problem. And certainly something that Arsenal need to be mindful of. Uh, Mogos says, do we need to address the right-back situation? Cedric is not cut out for it. If Mainsley is unwilling to play there, we need to sign a backup. I think I've just answered that. Yeah, I think we do, Mogos. Khalid says, Tom, are you happy with Ben White? He seems to have a mistake or lack of concentration about him. Look, he went full Mustafi with the penalty. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I don't know why you're diving in quite like that. I know that you you look at the game state with 3-0 up, you think you can probably go in for a tackle just in case that if, we, if it is a penalty, you know, with 3-0 up with 15 minutes to go, but you need to keep your heads in those scenarios. I was surprised that Ramsdale congratulated him so frivolously because it was a clear and blatant penalty. Yeah, it was a bit odd. Obviously, it's not one that is going to let him, let us define Ben White's early career. I think Ben White's been really good for Arsenal, but I think that that error that we saw there is, you know, I don't think, maybe it's the fact that <laughs> clearly Ben White doesn't like this third kit. He doesn't play very well in this third kit, does he? <laughs> Brentford away and our Leeds away haven't been the best of performances in the lightning bolt kit for Ben White. I don't know what it is. Um, strange superstitions. But uh, yeah, he had a bit of Mustafi about that tackle and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that good. Uh, Matt G says, people are being too hard on White. Yes, it was a rash tackle, but he's been part of our backline that's conceded one goal in three games. And it's very true. I think we've kept, what, four clean sheets in the last four home games. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle, Watford, uh, and who am I missing? West Ham, of course. So, yeah, and he's been part of all of those games. And he's played really, really well. That's what I'm saying. I don't think people are necessarily being too hard. I think it's fair to be critical of that challenge. And I think it was very rash. But he has been solid for us this season. And I think, yeah, some fans just want to attack him because he was signed by Arteta and it's a way to bash Arteta. So that's also one. Uh, Zander says, think White played the occasion rather than the game? Possibly so. Karim says, do you think Ben White could play in midfield? No, I don't. Daniel says, I'm happy Ben White made that error in a game that we were winning in. Hopefully it's one that we can just get out of his system. But it's good that he can now, you know, he's going to get that analysed off the field. They're going to go into detail. He's going to get criticised. He's going to get the feedback that he needs after the game. So hopefully he doesn't make that mistake again. Social says, I like Benjamin. He just needs to get off of his slip and slide sometimes. 
Vengatev says it's nice to see Emil scoring half chances with such a low XG tally. You think fans might criticise him in future if he stops scoring at the same rate, considering we gave excuses for Aubameyang not getting the chances. Look, Emil Smith Rowe is making his own luck right now, and I think that's what we've seen from certain of the, like the best players in the league. You often find themselves making their own luck, and you see that in the XG stats, making goals for themselves, running, making runs like Smith Rowe's done. But you have to say that the finish is. The finish is good. He's a half volley. He gets all the power he can. Meslier has not much chance. The chipped assist from Erdegaard is just brilliant. Like <laughs> The little dig over the defenders that you can't really block that because it's not going on the ground and it's perfectly weighted so that he can have that type of finish on the half volley. Man, so good. So, 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 so good. Uh, Dan says, Tom, what was your favourite goal yesterday? The Emil Smith-Rowe goal made me so happy. I love the Smith-Rowe goal because of the the assist from Odegaard as well. Um, Martinelli's second and the chip and the pass from Xhaka um, to set him through. It, it was kind of a bit like, it was a bit of an anti-Arsenal goal. What I mean by that is just, it's not what we've seen. We haven't seen Xhaka be direct enough at times of his passing and Martinelli sometimes can be a little bit rash in his decision making especially with a shot taking like we saw the shot he missed against Manchester United when he was set up by Erdogan sometimes he can be a little bit rash he panics but that was a mature finish and I like that because it was it showed a difference it showed kind of a yeah, an anti to the the criticisms of both of their both players kind of game Xhaka not being direct enough Martinelli not being calm enough with his finishing so I think that actually that was really important to see that type of goal. And hopefully it sets the tone for Martinelli. We've saw clinicalness against uh, West Ham. We saw it against Newcastle. Um, and hopefully we'll see it again in the upcoming fixtures as well. Um, if he says, it's not been harsh on White, you don't make that kind of tackle in the box. When Odegaard did that against United, we all slated him as well. Look, I think we've all been critical. I think what the, the what's harsh on White is the criticisms of the overall performances of the season, I think, is is what's been harsh. But there you go. Uh, Tom, what's your opinion on people comparing Martinelli to Sanchez? My opinion is calm down. <laughs> just, just calm down. We don't need to get into Alexis Sanchez territory. The kid's 20 years old. He's having a great few games. Let's see him, you know, improve this going forwards. We don't need to talk about Martinelli in, the, in regards of Alexis Sanchez. It's very, very different. Uh, Trevor says, I thought Nuno could play maybe at right back. Look, it may be something that we have to consider because the options at right back are concerning, to say the least. Uh, Axel says, Ben White can play at right back, maybe at DM. He has played that role at Brighton. Again, I wouldn't play him in DM. I would play him a push at right back if we need to. And maybe that's something that next season we look at with Saliba coming back. If Saliba's coming back, you've got Ben White that can play as a backup right back if you need him to. Saliba too has played at right back for Marseille. So there is the option for those to play that game. Um, let's scroll down a bit more. Rich says, Tom, Lacquer pointed to Martinelli for that second goal when he was next to Xhaka, assuming he shouted to pass it to him as well. Loved it. Ronald said, fixing the midfield is very important. We need two starting centre midfielders in the summer. Partey seems to be stuck giving four to six out of tens. Uh, Shahul says uh, Emil Smith-Rowe had such a tight space to get the shot away and it got the keeper by surprise. The presence of mind to do that was fire. Mogul says Gabby's strength and composure in the second goal was impressive. Ayat says, uh, what are the chances of us getting Rafinha from Leeds? Quite small. I think he's going to go to Liverpool. 
Uh, Christopher says, Tom, who's better, Aubameyang or Chuba Akbom? Wow, the disrespect is real. Gunatan says, are people judging Partey or Partey uh, more harshly because he gave a four, gave himself a 4 out of 10? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's been about a 4 out of 10. He's not been good enough. Uh, and this is coming from someone that was desperate to see Thomas Partey be brilliant. I think it's really important as someone who, obviously, creating content, you're speaking about players, you're going to have likings. If Arsenal signed Dominic Zoboslai, a player that you know I absolutely adore, and he wasn't cutting it, I would have to sit here and be very honest about his performance and say that he's not being good enough. The same with Thomas Partey. I absolutely loved him at Atletico Madrid. I was desperate for us to sign him. I thought he was going to be world-class. He's not been world-class for us. I believe him to be a world-class player and has that quality within him, but we're not seeing that. And so you've got to be fair in your criticisms. I've not seen enough from Thomas Partey to tell me that the 45 million investment that we paid for him has been returned as of yet. It needs to be better. It needs to be consistent. Yes, he's had injuries. Yes, I think there's context to his problems. But I think we need to demand more of Thomas Partey. And quite rightly, he has criticised his own performances. And that's a positive that the player can recognise his own failings. So I think that's also going to be key. Uh, yes, for food and travel says biggest critic of Erdegaard, but he sat me down for the last three games and I'll accept it when he proves me wrong. Let's see at the end of the season and Cedric Rory's me too. Fair play to you for holding your hands up, mate. The shift says, I think Cedric needs some uh, some game time to ship him off. So this was the perfect game to do so. We don't want experienced players just collecting paychecks and not repaying it. And hopefully he'll again have a chance to show the suitors that could buy him in January what he could bring against Sunderland. Sam says, morning, beautiful. <laughs> now that Zambia has, uh, has obviously tested positive, are you more worried about the AFCON? No party, old Nel Nenny. Only Jack or Ainsley Maitland-Niles potentially in a week or two. Um, hopefully he'll be over that by the time we hit the January window. The concern is, is that he wasn't isolated soon enough. The concern is, with also Pablo Marie testing positive, is that we're going to find ourselves have an outbreak ahead of the Norwich game. We can only hope that doesn't happen and that the players are, you know, quite rightly doing all the things they need to do to stay away um, from others and they're being given the right guidance. We don't have an outbreak, but every, like half of English football has had outbreaks at clubs and we're very fortunate that we've not had to deal with that so far. Saying that, we've got two players that have tested positive. So And we've had members of staff that have tested positive as well. So we have to hope that this doesn't continue to affect us moving forward. We've gone for 25 minutes. We're going to go for a, for a few more. I don't start work till a little bit later on this morning, so I'm happy to go for a few more minutes during and answering your questions. Do drop a like on the video, guys, if you haven't done so already. We're nearly at 28,000 subs, as I said at the start of the show. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please make sure you do. We're very, very close to hitting that 28,000 milestone. So help us out. And, uh, and yeah, press that button and hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. Let's scroll down a bit more to the most recent comments in the chat. Thomas Baker says, does Pepe have a place in this squad? Would he accept a bit part role? He has a place in the squad on Tuesday uh, against Sunderland. But in terms of the Premier League team, no, he doesn't have a place in the team. And... Quite rightly, he doesn't deserve to be in the side right now. He doesn't get in ahead of any of the players that we've got currently playing. Martinelli, quite rightly, has gone ahead of him in the pecking order into those wider positions. Smithrow, Erdogan, Saka are all above Pepe, quite rightly, in the pecking order. And is he going to accept a bit part role? 
I doubt it, he's 26. He's going to want to be playing as much football as possible. We need to look to move him on and try and get as much money for him as feasibly possible. But it's going to be really difficult. Neil, if you want to know my lineup for the Sunderland game, tune into our preview show tomorrow. But it's going to be interesting, Neil, as to which kind of combinations of players you're going to see from our members. Our members in the Discord server will be doing a show tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I need to check on the time. But if you want to come on the show, on the preview show, then join our Discord server by becoming a member with the link in the description. Jonathan says, would love to see Balogun start against Sunderland. So would I. Um, but I feel that it will be Eddie. So do I. Uh, Play Sport says, what's the update on Tommy Asso? Again, we know nothing more than it's just a precaution to be taken off and that he'll have a scan. Hopefully it's only a minor problem. Joe Eldridge says, should we be looking towards the youth team to cement strength in the first team? They know how we play and promoting youth seems to be working. But it does. I would say that you still need to find that balance. You need to have experienced figures in the side. So if we lose Aubameyang and Lacazette, we're probably going to have to sign an experienced player. Um, I like the idea of a Genie Wijnaldum on loan for six months in January. If that's possible, it makes a lot of sense. He brings a lot of experience. Um, I know that it got a lot of criticism, but there are a number of players at centre-back that Arsenal could look to bring in in the summer because Callum Chambers, Rob Holding could be off. We're bringing in Saliba, who's only 20. You could look to some other players that are across Europe that are running out of contracts that aren't going to be very expensive. James Tarkovsky at Burnley and Matthias Ginter at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, and there's one other that I suggested that I can't remember. It's completely slipped my mind. But uh, there are a number of centre-backs that are more experienced that could be brought in on the cheap so we can focus investment in other areas of the pitch that wouldn't be too bad and would bring that needed experience that we, you know, we're lacking in certain positions. Zana says, if you could swap a Bamiang for one of the three Juve players, who would you choose? Kulisevsky, Artur, or McKenney? I wouldn't swap him for Kulisevsky. Um, not that I don't rate the guy, and I'm still looking to do a tactical breakdown on him. I've just had no time with the scheduling of fixtures. Hopefully, I'm going to do one this uh, coming week. Um, Artur, I also like, but I just have concerns about his injury record. And McKenney, I know that Drew, I believe Drew really did like McKenney uh, from his time at Schalke. I don't know how much he's playing. He is still 23. He would fall within that bracket of kind of the age profile that we're looking at. He's played 12 games this season, scored two goals in Serie A, um, 827 minutes. He's starting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games of those 12. And he's had some knee issues this season too. So, I mean... I like McKenney. I like Arthur. Either of those two, I think, would be fine swaps. Um, but I think it's, it shows that we're going to have to move on Aubameyang at some point, and that's the issue that we find. Uh, Dan says, uh, Tom, are you going to do a half-season review and rate all the players so far? Good idea, Dan. We probably will do that around the Christmas period. I was thinking how we could do kind of a Christmas special show, but I'm not sure we're going to be able to put one together, but we'll see. Maybe we'll be able to do something. Um <laughs> um Adonis says we should uh, discipline Xhaka internally for what he did yesterday his actions could have cost us uh, fine him send the money to Rafinha Adonis I don't think so that's not really how things work in clubs glad you're not in charge Asmarom says Tom do you see a route in the first team in the midfield for the likes of Miguel Aziz Charlie Patino Salah it seems like Emil Smith Ryan Saka are progressing well 
uh, compared to buying players like Pepe. Look, I absolutely see a route, especially in midfields, because players like Maitland-Niles, El Nenny's futures are uncertain. Uh, we need to be bringing through the youth. Patino and Salah definitely should have futures at the club. Aziz, Aziz, I'm less sure about. His loan has had me a bit concerned at times with some of his performances and the lack of minutes he's been getting. But there's always the hope that he can be given some time. And who knows, he could come alive when given chances in the first team. That's always something that you don't always expect to happen. I mean, you think about Bakaya Saka, Reese Nelson was always thought of as kind of that real exciting talent that was going to be coming through in the wide areas. And Bakaya Saka was really thought of not on that same kind of pedestal at one point. And very quickly, it became obvious that Saka was going to be the big talent coming out of the youth academy. So we'll wait and see. Uh, but some players can surprise and others can surprise in completely other different reasons. So there you go. Um, let's get the likes up in the chat box, people. If you couldn't, if you haven't done so already, please do smash that like thumbs up button too. Akinola, yeah, as in a very good season, a very versatile player who can play in defence as well. Uh, Gunatau says, after the Norwich game, we could potentially be on 35 points going into the new season. That's halfway with a really good points tally. Look, if we get 70 points by the end of the season, that would stand us in really good stead to get into the top four if we can maintain that kind of form. It will be difficult. And we're going to have some big games. Um, but it's very possible. Very, very, very possible. Um, Tim, can you invite some Villa fans so we can pick up the conversation on when they signed Buendia and became a bigger club than Arsenal? <laughs> oh, dearie me. Nadine says, we are in such a good position compared to previous seasons. Points are better than games in hand. If Man United and Spurs win their games, Will you be as happy where we may stand in the table? Look, it's going to put us back into sixth place is what it's going to do if they all win all their games in hand. But I'd rather have the points in the bag. Would I swap where we're at right now and the games that those two teams have missed? I'm not sure because I like having the idea of points in the bag, knowing the games that we've won, we could end up dropping. But we could have easily dropped all the points if we'd have had games in hand. We haven't. We've picked up the points. We've won our last three games. Huge win against West Ham, absolutely massive. So I kind of like where we are. I like that we've accepted this amount of points, that we've played all the games that we can play and that we could, as people say, be sitting on 35 points on Boxing Day, which would be a really, really good place to be in, considering that on Boxing Day last season, I think we were, what, after the win against Chelsea, like 11th? I think we went into that game something like 16th in the table. So it's an amazing turnaround. The progression from last season to this season at this point it's huge, but it doesn't matter because the only thing that matters is where we are at the end of the season. That's, I think, where we're at. Joe says, are we pretty much all in agreement that Aubameyang isn't getting back into this team? I think we all are. I, I don't think there's many people that would suggest otherwise. Uh, David says, uh, the Erdegaard setup for Smith Rowe was sublime. Neil says, it will be very interesting to see where we are when we play Man City. Look, I'm still going into that game with little to no expectation. I hopefully want to see it. My only expectation is that we play better than we did at the Etihad. But that should be an absolute given, considering we had no Tommy Asu, no Ben White, no Gabriel. Um, not, I mean, Martinelli, I think, got some minutes, but it's not the Martinelli we have now. We got a new midfield. We didn't have Partey uh, for that game. Obviously, Xhaka got sent off. Uh, Kieran Tierney, I remember, did play, but is, was not in the same form that he is now. We And we didn't have Ramsdale either. It's a very different team to the one that lost 5-0 at the Etihad. And hopefully we can put on a very good performance. 
Our home form has been, you know, a bit of the saving grace of the season. It's our away form has cost us at times. Man United, Everton, Brentford, City, um, Brighton. But at home, we've been really, really good. So hopefully that will give us something to go into that game. It's going to be electric. It's going to be atmosphere. We'll hopefully be mad if there are indeed fans still there, depending on this lockdown situation that we keep finding ourselves threatened with. Um, fingers crossed, it's going to be a great game and we can offer something. We're going to wrap things up there. Uh, there is going to be a podcast a little bit later on this evening, 8 o'clock tonight. I'll be joined by Drew and Owen and John to talk all about Leeds and look ahead to the next week's worth of action. Uh, so do put your alarms set, 8pm UK time for all of that goodness. Thank you so much, everyone that's tuning into the chat. Sorry I can't go for all your questions. There's been so many of you, as there always is. Over 600 of you tuning in this morning. Thanks so much. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so. We're nearly at 28,000. Uh, and do uh, check out all of the content over on the Arsenal Way. Link is in the description for the Arsenal Way, which is a channel that you should all be subscribed to if you're not already. We're very close to 6,000 subs over there. So please indeed do hit that subscription button on both of the channels. Thanks so much for your support, guys, as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.